Or, he's a brawler, though. Bro. He, 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 he ain't a boxer. Yeah. There's a difference. But, he ain't gonna go rack up points on the scorecard. We, we yeah, yeah. yeah. We we gonna we gonna hop right into it. We are. We already been at it for about five ten minutes. Yeah, man. We talking about <laughs> boxing, and, and we're talking about. He said. He said. He said. Wild. He said. Deontay Wilder's not a star. I didn't say that. Oh, I said, said that. I said he's not a star. But how? Actually, to me, it, to be fair, it was superstar. Yeah, it was. And I was superstar. I I mean, to me, a superstar is like a transcendent guy that we're gonna remember for a long time. For me, Wilder. Made his way up to the Fury fight, and he basically lost to the same guy three times. So, and it's like, it, there's no, you know, like, where does he go from here? But it's kind of like it's kind of like Rocky and uh, Apollo Creed, kind of. It's like that's 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 all they had to fight. That's the only thing left. Well, see, that that's where I think that there's an issue because I think you can look at it and say, well, hey, those are the only marketable fights. But for the health of the sport, you gotta like the sport has to cultivate other people to, to create a buzz, create an excitement, so you have more than one guy to fight. True, but that's like that's why Deontay Wilder, the only reason that fight exists is because he has a superstar name. He, and and he has the superstar fist, probably not the technical skill. But, I, and I think that's the problem. Like, if he had, if he had won one out of the three fights with, with Fury, like, we could say that. But I think what happens is is he was basically exposed to be a one-trick pony and thus not, like, really a great, great fighter that we're going to look at and say, man, that was a superstar. Some of our great fighters were one-trick ponies, though. Like He's who? one of them. Well, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's a broad statement. But I think that he is a one-trick pony that is a superstar. He's yeah. a transcendent talent with that fist. Yeah. Well, welcome back to On the Bench with Bubba and Pink. <laughs> Bubba is where the hell is Bubba at? Bubba's on a cruise. <laughs> Yo, Bubba just be doing single people's. Why are you on a cruise, Bubba? <laughs> you are not fifty five years old. <laughs> oh, old people go on cruises. Well, what cruise is he on? Where does he go? I, I don't know. I think I assume he just go out and maybe hit. He a... went to Mexico on a cruise. I don't know if it's just Mexico. But that's man. not a. That's not a oh, cruise. That's. that's not I thought the cruise, you just kind of hit a couple islands and come home. <laughs> Nick, Bub- Who knows what kind of cruise Bubba's on? Yeah, he might. He might be on one of the. What's the? What's that? Um, what's the place where people go and have sex? No, this uh, uh, uh heating, heating island, hedonist island. Hedonism. That's like a resort, hedonism. though. Yeah, yeah. Like you go, that's on a cruise. I don't know how you know that, Pink. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, I know it's a thing or two. Like, it's I, best to just. When when you pot, you have to pretend not to know all the details. You're like, ain't this like a uh, sex uh, place? He's like, no, it's hedonist. It's on. It's in. It's in, it's in December. Here's the it's address. On... <laughs> <laughs> you want me to book your reservation? <laughs> yeah. Hey, but but speak, speaking of fights, Pink. Yeah. So the Warriors played the Timberwolves yesterday, last night. Yeah. And. A minute and fifty seconds into the game, or was it a minute and thirty seconds into the game? Four people get ejected. Four? Three people. Three. three. Should have been four though. Who who else should have gotten ejected? Rudy. Oh, Rudy. Rudy should have got ejected. <laughs> and then he plays the victim this morning. What do you expect from Rudy? Rudy Rudy is an ass clown. But that's why that's why that's why Draymond Draymond been waiting to do that because Rudy stole a couple of um de- defensive players of the year. That's true. 
That's a great point. And he just he just soft, man. You yeah. know, nobody likes Rudy in the NBA. No, Rudy is probably one of the least liked players in the whole league. Because you, you see, yo, Draymond had him in a headlock. Nobody okay. defense. <laughs> time out, time out. Let's call yeah, a couple things here. Let's break this down. So these teams played a, like about a week ago. Yes. So maybe there's a little residual issues from that game. Not 100% sure. But, I mean, a minute 30, minute 40 into the game, Clay's running up the floor with Jaden McDaniel, and they get tangled up, and they go straight to, to get ready to fight. Right. And, well, I, I think they're trying to make ship a robbery because yeah. before the season started, Ant-Man said that he wanted to face the Warriors. That's what he's most looking forward to, facing the Warriors, because Draymond talked to a lot of shit. And there, there's a, there was a, a viral exchange from the first game where Draymond fouled him, and he's like, yo, you're going to be fouling me like that. And Draymond's like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And answered the foul and going, ain't nobody worried about you, Draymond. But uh, so I think that that I mean, I think all the stuff was in place, you know, and like kind of put it out there before the season started. Then they had a chippy first game with that exchange. And that was going viral before last night. So I think Draymond's got it in his head. He's ready to go. But Clay's usually a pretty calm guy. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Clay is I've never Clay's rarely upset like this. Yeah, that threw me off that he was involved. But again, you got the, the history of the defensive player of the year. So as this happens. Clay and McDaniel get into it. Rudy kind of comes in, and literally, he did come in on on Clay's side, but not to me hyper aggressive. He could have been moving with the peacemaker vibe, but I think Draymond like already wanted a piece of Rudy, and so he came in right away with bad intentions, and it was not a headlock. That was a choke. Right. There's a big difference. Like a headlock, you're over here, maybe you give a guy a noogie or something like that. That was the, a rear naked choke from MMA. Okay, now before okay, before before we, we have to in Draymond's defense, Rudy Gobert, it looked like he was trying to be a peacemaker, but when you roll the camera back, he had Clay Thompson in a weird pull away position. He had him he had his hand on his neck, and from Draymond's position, it looks like he's choking Clay. Yeah. So all those things considered. So if you already don't like somebody, and it looked like they beating up your friend or your brother, it look it looked like because really, the rule the rules of engagement with with uh, sports is if there's a fight breakout, you pull your teammate away. Right. You don't touch the other teammate, so that so nobody don't get no no ideas or think that you're trying to choke them. And that was probably Rudy's first mistake. He kind of goes into initially and grabs Clay and grabs him up high around the neck. Which triggers Draymond, who's like, like I said, probably already got an axe to grind, and then he comes in there with the rear naked choke. And but I'm telling you, man, the first thing I saw because I was not watching the game, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw just the footage of Rudy <laughs> in the rear naked choke. Ru- Rudy don't Ru- Rudy got to learn how to tap. He got to learn how to tap. <laughs> That's the only thing that was missing. I would have laughed so hard if he went with a tap. That would have been. That would have pushed into a whole nother level of chaos. Because man. Draymond drags him, yeah, probably about twenty feet. <laughs> but that, but you know how people, you know how people don't, people don't like Rudy because none of his teammates leave the bench. Nobody's upset. They just like, yeah. yo, he's choking him. <laughs> he, he got him good. He got him. <laughs> yeah, it's a choke right there. He got him. Yeah, because Carl Towns kind of, he was in the area. He could have. He could have choked Draymond if he wanted. He was close enough. He was in position. But he took a pass on that. 
He could have did. He could have just hit him in the top of the head. Anything. I, yeah, Cat was like, I don't like playing with another big man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we'll choke Rudy out of the league right now. <laughs> because, I mean, because what does Rudy do? Ru- Rudy's very he's very highly paid. And he does nothing. No, nah, yeah, blocks occasional shots. Yeah, that's like depend. I mean, that's the one thing I, I feel for Draymond because Rudy stole a couple of defensive players of the year, and he did, didn't really deserve them. He blocked shots, but he's seven three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. He doesn't even block. He doesn't even like change the course of the game when he blocks shots. He like blocks a shot here and there. Well, the big the big thing with Rudy is, is typically in the playoffs, like he doesn't even get to play. Like the the games are such that right. they have to limit his minutes because he's not that effective. Right. And so here, your defensive player of the year, his deepest is like is one dimensional. By the award is is not even a you can't even keep him on the floor in a playoff game. And and you can and your defense got to be bad if you let somebody come and get you on a, on a rear naked choke. <laughs> There's some kind of defensive move you could have, some definitely, kind of reflex. Definitely, definitely could have done that. And he's he's like a, almost a foot taller than Draymond. He did, probably is. So imagine like imagine a little guy basically, essentially, even though Draymond is like six seven, choking you. And you're like defenseless. Your arms are flailing. Why he could have just stood up and lifted Draymond off the ground. <laughs> he would have got him off his feet if he just stood up. He he could he could have did anything but that. Yeah. <laughs> How you go home to your woman <laughs> or guy or guy? You know, <laughs> hey, you never know how he is from France. <laughs> you never know about how these things shake out. But how do you go home to the person you love and you're the man protector? And you let somebody just choke you like a rag doll, drag you down the court. <laughs> How do you go back to the locker room and your, your, your teammates just let somebody choke you? I did, seriously. Ser- I would love to have, like, at halftime, like, when they go in the locker room, like, are people kind of, like, not making eye contact with Rudy after that? Yo, I mean, because nothing says that we don't fuck with you than letting you get choked <laughs> and dragged down the court. And is Rudy salty that nobody came to his defense? Like, he has to be. Nobody even asked him about it. I think that's like an unwritten thing that people, like that's like a silent thing that people know that people don't fuck with you, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, is it, is it so obvious that, like, he knew damn well nobody was coming to back him up and that, you know, everyone would just knew what it was. That's when you tap. You save yourself the embarrassment. I think a tap would have been more embarrassing, actually. I mean, because there's no way out of that. in it. And then and then his uh his his response after that, what what did he 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 did try he, to play the victim? He said he says like oh oh Draymond finds a way to get thrown out because Steph isn't playing. Yeah, when his boy Steph's not playing, Draymond don't find yeah. any reason to get thrown. You could have said hey next time I see you, or I'm gonna see him out. Like you could have alluded. I know you can't say that you you're gonna beat somebody up, and but you could have alluded to meeting him in the parking lot. This ain't over. Yeah, like come on, man. Even if you don't mean it. Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't mean it, that's just that's bare minimum man shit. Yeah. Even if like yeah. a big guy beats you up, when you get to a safe distance, you say, "Yo, this ain't over." Even if you don't mean it. Even if you know that it's over. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't want no trouble with you. Because Draymond on ain't right. On site. On site. <laughs> Draymond did not get the toy in his happy mail, and I think we all know that. That's funny. But what I'm concerned about, though, like, at the end of the day, nobody got hurt. Right. So I don't want there to be, like, big suspensions and all this stuff. I heard Jay Williams, and I, I don't like Jay Williams, the commentator. He's like, Draymond should be suspended for 10 games. Yeah, and, that, and that's the, that's the um, 
that's like the consensus now is people saying 10 games. First of all, I don't. That's insane. I thought Jay Williams was fired, and now he's back. I don't understand how fire works. I, I wish he stayed off. fired. But but they are going. You know you know what I, I don't like about I don't like about like these commentators, especially guys you play in the league. That's going to end up being the law if if all the commentators are saying oh ten games, then that's going to kind of be the thing. And I don't think a ten game suspension for like a choke. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, like at the end of the day, like this was just like an embarrassing brouhaha. Right. Nobody threw a decisive punch. Nobody got injured. All of the fighting action was on the floor. This is just hey, a one game right. suspension for everybody involved. Keep it moving. Because it wasn't like a melee. No, nobody, no, that's nobody what I'm left saying. the bench. Yeah. And 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 then why did Clay get thrown out? Yeah, that was bizarre. that made no sense. Yeah, that was bizarre. Clay was being pulled. He he left with his jersey split in half almost. Right, right. And and and, and I I understand people are gonna say oh Draymond has a history and he did this and he did that. And I understand there should be maybe a little bit more of a punishment levy because of that. Maybe two I, games, I disagree. three games. I disagree with that. Like, it, it, it is what it is. Why are we punishing people on history? Right. Draymond, I mean, if, if that's what we're doing, Draymond should be banned for life. True. Because, I mean, the, the fact is he has an entire history of bizarre physical instances with other players. And in the Game 5 thing with LeBron and the finals right. back in the day, he's got a million incidents. The reality is, like, none of these incidents in and of themselves is horrific. Right. So why are we going to do cumulative suspensions? Suspend him one game and keep it moving. Right. If he was so horrible, if his behavior was so bad, that you, you've had plenty of times you could have said, hey, we're going to ban this guy for a year. But you know what? Unfortunately, they are going to make an example because they're already they're already positioning it in a way where he's going to get ten to fifteen, twenty games, and 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 they're positioning it in that way because they they're not even mentioning Rudy Gobert because at the very minimum, even if he went over there to defuse the situation, once he put his hands on Clay, it wasn't in a defused manner. Your right. hands don't go high when you're trying to pull someone off. It just doesn't work. Your hands don't find your find your way to their neck in some way. You can see like the indent in Clay's neck. So it so you can say at first glance or like in real time, oh, he was just trying to defuse it. But then when you replay it, like how they replayed everything, that's why it doesn't make sense because they're kind of leaning towards saying Draymond Draymond needs to be suspended for ten games because you 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 kick you kick kick Clay out. So now I know you're not being reasonable. Because if you watch that yeah. interaction, and, no but way. and that's why that's why I despise Jay, Jay Williams so much mm. because he's right after this he's throwing this ten game out there. Right. It, it's literally the first thing people hear, and so you right. start to gauge all your thoughts about. Hey, is he right about that ten game? Right. No. Right. This is one game for each guy involved and keep it moving, man. Right. You're not trying to like educate kindergartners to keep their hands to themselves. Right. These are grown men in a highly competitive situation. It got out of hand. They got kicked out of the game, suspend them another game and move on. We are not talking about hyper violent conduct right. that resulted in like an injury to a guy. Like if he had choked him out and he was unconscious or something right. like that, or somebody took like a full fledged swing and KO'd a guy, right? That's different. That you're almost getting into criminal behavior at that point. Right. And, and I think, man, the problem with someone like Jay Williams saying that 
is he has played sports his entire life. If 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 Greeny says that, if uh, Windhurst says that, then there's just some smucks who watch sports, right? But right. It, but if but if you were Jay Williams who played at every level and played at a high level at every level, you know that this is a part of sports. Yeah, this is lit- like literally tempers will flare to a point where you guys are fighting. Right, and and there was no fist thrown. They literally were grabbing each other, and he grabbed the bigger guy by the neck, which is what you do in a fight where you don't want to hurt anybody. Right. You grab the big guy by the neck. <laughs> exactly. So, like, when you say stuff like that and you're Jay Williams and you're I – really I really only heard Jay Williams say it as an athlete. I seen Nick Wright and those guys say stuff like that. Yeah. But I expect those kind of pundits to say things like that because but not a they don't player. really play sports. Maybe Nick Wright plays in the playground somewhere or with his sons or something like that. But if you really <laughs> play sports, you – it, it it didn't even seem like an egregious thing. It was funny to me. I just like oh, it, was, it was way more funny than it was disturbing. Right? It's like come on, man. It it it, it, made, it made me be like, yo, Rudy Gobert is like a a little girl. Like, I, I I swear that that the picture of him like getting choked from behind. <laughs> I literally would want that in my office. Like, hey, right. I think that would be a blast. Because because the the crazy thing about it, and I know Draymond did this on purpose. It was more of a choke to embarrass than it was to hurt. Oh, for sure. He yeah. was he wasn't he didn't cut off his air supply or anything like that. Yeah. He just was holding him to say, "Hey, I'm holding you in a headlock <laughs> for no apparent reason for an extended period <laughs> just, of time." Just to make you a meme. <laughs> <laughs> My only goal here is to make you a meme. But yeah, no, that I I yeah, the only thing we could hope for now. And I mean the other thing is like um you know, the Lakers and Grizzlies game got a little chippy yeah. too. You know, uh, there was a there was a thing with AD, and I don't even know the other guy, but you know, layup, they kind of bump a little bit, and then then AD kind of goes to throw him up. AD displaying a rare bit of toughness, right? And that guy fell over like like your hurricane force <laughs> winds were 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 blowing through the arena, and then LeBron flung a guy to the ground later in the game, uh, and, no, and nobody hears that. about it. What 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 if LeBron puts him in the headlock? It wouldn't make the news. Yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> just, just another day. The like he probably he probably deserved it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and that's the thing too. Like like literally, and you know, Draymond being involved in this takes it to a whole nother level. Like yeah, I mean, just. But I I just I don't like that. It's like, we, you know, at some point we've we've essentially accepted his behavior. He's in like year twelve of a of a career it's like right. it's, we're not going to change him at this point we we just need to endure him to the finish line of his career and and, and you know and you know what you know what's kind of stupid is we champion it as oh he's an enforcer he's the enforcer and then when you decide that oh he's just a he's just a nuisance and he needs to stop and you can't have it both ways you can't say he's an enforcer and then he's a nuisance right right yeah nah. and so and because that's not fair to him and he he plays with he plays with a lot of passion. He plays. He he, for lack of a better term, he just he plays the game the way you play a game. Sometimes there's that one guy who fights, there and or one guy who is if you if you if you bring some aggression, and he'll bring aggression. And that's like the, what should not be lost in this is Draymond Green is not a fighter. Right. He is a talker and he's kind of like this weird 
like physical provo- you know, pro- provoker. Right. He's not a fighter. He's not like throwing punches at people. He's not waiting outside at the bus to fucking flatten people. He is just like a, a, a disruptive agent of chaos. Right. It's, it's it's more of a mental like that's he just plays like a mental game yeah. with you. Yeah. And so that's 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 my biggest gripe is the athletes who commentate these things, they know that. Yeah. And then they still commentate. They want to be sanctimonious about it. Right. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Especially when you you guys aren't these prim proper, I don't understand why he's doing that. Jay Williams, come on. Jay, we don't understand why in your rookie year you were riding around on a motorcycle and right. busted your leg and ended your career. When it, when it was in your contract to not do that specific <laughs> thing. Well, we want to talk about bad judgment. Look right, the, come on, look man. Look in like, the mirror. That's what, like, it's like, come on. And that's, that's the craziest thing is, like, you're so – Draymond never gets in trouble outside of basketball. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. never hear anything negative about him outside of that's basketball. That's a good point. That's a good point. So it, he 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 stays inside the lines. He he makes he makes business decisions that are that are commendable. He he he's a businessman. But I I do think on some level, Jason Williams is is a from my understanding he's a fairly bright guy. That was his reputation when he came out of high school and went yeah. to Duke. He went to Duke. He, he he is a guy though, and he had a he had a really short career ended with a motorcycle accident and i do think like he's and maybe it's like a maybe it's a thing to kind of overcompensate for the lack of his playing career that he wanted he he's really dove into being like this broadcasting guy right and for the most part and i'll say this what he said last night's not necessarily inconsistent with the majority of his things he on the spectrum he tends to be closer to the non-players right. in most of his takes than he does to the players. Right. And so that, that in that it, way, it was Jay Williams, he's always like a, he's, he's always like a pundit who does, who, like he's never played sports. Yeah, he, he definitely he, is more He on says that things side. like he just doesn't understand. And that, that's the part that's annoying is like, you understand this stuff. You you can articulate, okay, this maybe this is his mindset. You're saying you're talking like you just don't get it or you don't understand. Yeah, like you never played. No, I got yeah, that is And th- and that that's normally a knock on people like the Duke people who went to Duke. Yeah. Is they act like they're disconnected from reality. They they don't give they don't give only JJ Reddy gives real analysis from from Duke. Everybody else is Yeah. I don't understand why he would do this. You don't understand why he would lose his cool in a basketball game? Yeah, no, that's true. That's a, true. A, a, against a team that you guys are building as a rivalry. So, so there. Oh wait, there is a suspension notice now. Oh really? I, yeah, I think it's in six games. Six games. I think so. It flashed up from the notifications. I, I, I think that's a, an atrocity. I think that's ridiculous. I'm not in favor of that. I think that's, and I'm usually pretty positive on the uh, the NBA, the commissioner, and how they deal with things. Right. They got this wrong. This is an overreaction. Six games. Hmm. So, yeah, not good at all. It's better than 10 because I, cause I was – Adam Silva is someone who is – like David Stern, in comparison to Adam Silva, David Stern is going to do what David Stern would like to do under any circumstance. Adam Silva could be swayed. D- David Stern com- – was commissioner of the league with his ego. 
Right. His ego was front and center to all of his decisions. Right. Adam Silver, and I actually think it's an excellent leadership quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he leads without a lot of ego. Right. It's certainly not the first thing that you, that comes across. And I think when you take your own ego out of it, you are able to make more balanced decisions. You're not influenced emotionally by, oh, hey, they're challenging my authority or, right. or this or that. And you kind of get to test the temperature of the room and, and arrive at a decision that, that seems to have some backing. And, and if you really like, if you go back to like, and probably one of the earliest and most significant things he faced was the Donald Sterling situation with the Clippers when that audio came out. And I think like he was a little slow in making his decision, but what that allowed to happen was he he saw the fortitude of the players right. and the commitment that they had, and he reacted to that. And he was okay, like, I am doing this because I have the will of the league, the players with me. I'm not making this decision because I'm... I run everything, which right. would have been a stern move. I, I think I think that his his best quality is that he will listen to players. Yes. Consider their input, and he'll make decisions based on that. Yeah. Sometimes David Stern, I don't know if David Stern was tone deaf or he just didn't care about what you're saying. Well, David Stern, if you think about it, he was a shorter guy. Mm-hmm. He 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 was uh, functioning in in basically the the world of the tall men. Right. And I do think that that there was an air of Napoleonic complex. Definitely there. a complex, or well, I'm I'm in charge. Yeah. I I, I can see that six six games just seems excessive for something that didn't end in the melee. Yeah, didn't didn't involve fans, didn't involve extra people in the yeah, court. No fish. Didn't involve in anybody getting hurt. Uh th- this is an overreach on this particular issue. Yeah. It it, it, it it it's especially you know another component that we didn't mention early in this season the referees have inserted themselves in the game. They've been throwing out players for staring people down, or Who or. Got a, uh, oh, uh, Victor got a pretty soft tee the other day. There was a call like he thought he was straight up in the air. They gave yeah. a foul on him. He had the ball after the play ended, and he went to slam it down. Not a crazy slam. Right. It was one of those frustrated where I think he fully expected to throw it down and catch it on the right. way up, but he kind of missed the catch. Right. And they like teed him up over there. It's like unnecessary. Yeah, that's ri- that's ridiculous, man. And who got um? Oh, Giannis got Giannis ejected got ejected for, for staring st- at it on a dunk. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. What are we doing? Like literally, one of the faces of the league. Yeah, yeah. Be- so like, it's it's become this thing where the refs early in the season. Now that's like five instances. Wimby, Giannis. Uh, there was another guy who got kicked. I can't remember who uh, who it was. Yeah. Clay shouldn't have never got ejected in this. Yeah, game. not at all. Not at all. It, he he was literally tangled. This is a this is literally like a play on. This may be a double technical situation. Oh, it, for sure. It may it may be a warning delay. It, him being thrown out makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Draymond, understandable. The what what is it? Uh, his, what was it? AJ McDaniel's. What was the guy's uh, name? Jaden McDaniel. Jaden McDaniel's. He's he's was the agitator. Yeah. He should face a suspension if Draymond's getting suspended. Yeah, if, Dr- if Draymond's being suspended, I agree. And like I said, I I would have no problem if you went a game apiece for everybody involved. Right. That I'm okay with that. And that would that would be the four guys to me. Everybody gets a game: Clay, Jaden, Rudy, and 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 Draymond, and that's it. Right. Because I mean, because six is. I mean, I understand another component is 
they were playing in a uh, the end season cup game, so that's high profile and they're shining a the light on that. I, so all these components, so that one game would make sense because of all these things. Yeah, and, and yeah, that, now six games, you know, with a significant player, you, you do impact that team's season in a way. I mean, like if they go two and four over that stretch, and maybe otherwise would have gone four and two or five and one, that that has a hand in playoff seedings and maybe results down the stretch. Yeah, over something that's essentially trivial, man. <clears throat> we all had a laugh over that, right? That's silly. Nobody's looking at the game of basketball today, watching that video going, game's out of control, this is horrible, anything like that. There's no indignation. There's literally just humor. Just that's stupid. Now, speaking of humor. What do we have? The the Los Angeles Clippers are now. <laughs> that is. is it, it's 0-5 with Harden. 0-5 with 0 Harden. 0-6, like, as a team. Right. Yeah. And and they're doing the whole like, we're still trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> There's not. I mean, it's these are dudes that have been in the league for like ten years. Right. Like, there's no figuring it out. And you know, and you know the the funniest part is Harden is saying, Harden is like, I just gotta get in shape. No one stops you from getting in shape. <laughs> That's entirely within your control. Like, <laughs> there's there's nobody else that has any impact on you being in shape or not. You're not coming off an injury. You <laughs> because you were trying to get traded. So you literally acknowledging that because I was trying to get traded, I didn't do anything. Yes. <laughs> I'm out of shape because I had hurt feelings. <laughs> yes. I just got to that's important to me. Why why James Harden is too old to be working his way in shape by playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah. That's something you do when you're when you're Tyrese Maxey, and he's not even doing that. No, dude. Harden, Harden is a cancer. Like, he is just not the answer for anyone. Right. And, and I, I mean, I, and like, again, and the other, the other funny thing is, is like, you know, part of his beef with Philadelphia in the second half of the year after he wasn't an all-star was, like, he needed to shoot more and, and, and be more of a central figure and not right. be a distributor. The, the five games he's played at the Clippers, like, he's barely shooting the ball. Right. I, I think he's averaging less than 10 shot attempts per game as a Clipper. So, like, your role that you would have had in Philadelphia, playmaking and right. complimenting uh, Embiid and, and Maxie, yeah. like, that's all you're ever going to do in, you know, with the Clippers. Right, especially now. In, because what I what I don't understand, and what I, I do understand it, but that sound, it looks like management and ownership made that trade. Because the trade makes no sense. Nobody with a basketball mind would make that trade. Yeah. You you guys had momentum last year. Kawhi doesn't go down. You guys maybe make it to the second round, third round. You guys could go deep. Yeah. So so you didn't need to make like that knee jerk reaction. And then you have you have these you have two, three four players who need the ball. Ka- Kawhi is more um, inept to. Play off the ball, but he still needs the ball. No, he still functions. I mean, Kawhi is not to what I call a fluid action player. Right, he is going to get the ball in his hands and and either pull up and shoot, dribble to his spot and shoot, or he's going to get somebody on the block <clears throat> and bully him. Those right. are all in their way like ball intensive activities. Right, so he's ball dominant. Um, 
I really don't know what the hell Paul George does, but um, who knows? But we know what Westbrook is. We know yeah. what Harden is, and and it's like, yeah, it's it's not gonna fit. And who's a committed defender out of that group? No, and Paul George and Kawhi used to be defenders, right. but Kawhi is just Kawhi is just not as good as he used to be. Age, yeah. attrition, uh, the, the, injuries. the accumulation of injuries. Yeah, it's like he's not the same player. Paul George is just getting up in age. He's had injuries, but he still was uh, uh, an elite defender for a time after that. Yeah, and Westbrook won't guard his shadow. He'll yeah. he'll 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 like you you know you know one thing that people that um that commentators and like uh, media personalities say about Westbrook, he never cheats the game. That's a way of saying, although he's doing a lot of things wrong, he's playing hard. Right. That's not good. <laughs> but what he does, but he, he quite literally cheats the game defensively. He right. he is like a, a an out of scheme gambler. Right. Like he likes to make the play for a steal or right. whatever. He's not a guy that that like plays his position in a, in a defensive right. structure. He 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 actually does cheat the game because the what Westbrook has done for the past eight years is he's figured out how to manipulate the game to get stats. Yeah. Doesn't look good. Doesn't it doesn't translate to winning, and you're not going to go far in the playoffs if you even make the playoffs. But what he does is he'll he won't contest the jump shot in favor of getting a, a loose rebound. He'll hold the ball until there's assist, which is terrible basketball. Just hold the ball until there's a guaranteed assist. Yeah, you'll miss a lot of plays that way, and you'll turn a lot of ball balls over, which is what he does. Right. So he actually does cheat the game, and players know this. There's players who will elude. He manipulates the game to get these numbers, and then there's then there's media guys who he never cheats the game. But it's like, but if you really watch that game, it's not a very good game to watch. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like at least with at least with Harden, who does the same thing. It's a little bit more efficient, and he'll try to make the right play sometimes. Yeah. I, I I think they're very similar. They are very similar. In what they do. I'm like, just like, trying to be nice. Nah, don't be nice. <laughs> I mean, they get two guys that kind of thrive off of doing the same thing. Right. And 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 again, the only and I said this a couple weeks ago when the trade went down. It was like the only ostensible reason to make this trade is the basically the Clippers assume that one or two of these four players will not be healthy by the time of the playoffs. Right. And that by having four. They'll potentially have at least two viable options in the playoffs and have us have a puncher's chance of doing something. You you know you know what it feels like. It feels like Balmer it has become Jerry Jones. And I like that. He I like he, it. he first of all, I don't I don't think Ty Lue would make a decision to play all four of these guys in a small ball situation because these guys. Aren't tradition? They're not like plug and play guys. They they are guys who do specific things. So if, so if you, it's not like it's not like when you had KD and you plug him with the with the Warriors, he's able to just do what the Warriors need to do, just score in this wing position. Yeah, these guys do they do niche things that don't translate to winning outside of Kawhi. Well, yeah, it's it's really you like. When you have a self-indulgent player, right. you have to create the, a group around him that serves that player, right. that does the things that that player is either unwilling or unable to do. Right. And if you basically have four guys 
that are self-indulgent players. Right. Like, who's doing the dirty work? Right. Nobody. Nobody. It's, Nobody. It's just not a playable situation. Tiger's already frustrated. He's like, this is going to be the biggest right. coaching challenge of my career. And no, nobody, nobody is not only willing to do it, they're just not capable of doing the little things. Not at this point in their careers, you right? Know, that, that's the thing, and and it's, and and I hear I hear a lot of like I hear like I watch ESPN and I hear them say, "Oh, they have to do like Russell can just rebound or he can just push the tempo." It's they're leaving out the fact that Russell rebounds a lot of times at a detriment because he's because he's short arming contests and he's roaming and he's just fishing for rebounds. So it looks good on the stat sheet, but it gives up offensive rebounds. It gives up shots that probably should have been contested. So these things where it seems like he's – oh, he can just rebound. Not really because he's, he's, a, he's a great rebounder for, for selfish game. Right. And, the, the, the problem – I, I kind of like – I was talking to somebody about Harden the other day, and it's like, you know, if you have a plant and you put it in a pot, it's going to grow to the plant. Right. And when he went to – when he was in OKC originally, he was he was that – and then when he went to Houston, like there was no pot. He just right. grew like wherever. Right. And you can't take that back. Right. Once somebody's in that place, it's not coming back. And and the the resume, the achievements, and these are all well accomplished players in this right. league. They, they're all unpotted plants right now. Right. And you can't like put them all back and say, all right, here's you know, you're gonna do this role. You're gonna be here. You're gonna be here, and it's all gonna work. Right. They're they're too far gone for that. You need to surround veteran guys with with younger guys that are growing into complementary roles. Right. And this is just a disastrous team structure. And I like that analogy. And also, not only are not only are they growing freely without a pot. Nobody has told them, "Hey, you're not supposed to grow that way." <laughs> exactly. So not only did, not only are they growing wild, they're growing wrong. They've been enabled, right? Like, and so all, all for the last probably eight years of their lives professionally. Jeez, <laughs> what you do? I'm sorry, that's a tic tac. Oh, but but but, but be- spitting loogies on the equipment. <laughs> no, it's because what's funny. I was just thinking about I was thinking about what what James Harden said. He doesn't even realize that this is not a thing you should say. <laughs> he doesn't even realize he's saying, "I just gotta get in shape." You're yeah, six yeah, games, yeah, yeah. You're six games in. Yeah, that's like, that's like that's like being like uh the, that's like being in like the Air Force and you're like the the operator of the bomber and he he like I gotta figure out how to be. On. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to work this thing yeah. now. <laughs> I really don't like flying, yeah. but yeah, no, it's it's absurd. I, I, it, it's a disaster. But I, I do think I think Balmer is obviously a wealthy guy. Right. I think he's a guy that, like Jerry Jones, he's gonna, he's gonna overlook the you know, the 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 chemistry the 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 little things right. to make the the big splash higher, the big splash right. move. And I think that that's his fatal flaw as an owner, and I do not see them winning anytime right. soon. Right, and it's going to continue that way because yeah. they, you, you can tell that the, the decision that that he has his fingerprints on because they usually don't make sense. Right, and then you have, to, and then <laughs> that must be Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, because to take on to take on James Harden. Who's an expiring contract? Who wants a bigger? Who wants a uh, three or four years with the uh, the max or somewhere in that neighborhood? 
there's no reason to do that. He 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 hasn't been he hasn't been worth that. He hasn't been worth that in maybe four years. That that's that's what that's what when Mubaba's here and, and and I came on and he was saying he took a pay cut. He's like, no, his value went down. Well, no, he did. He did technically take a pay cut last year. He he basically restructured his deal right to to take a little bit less money. But again, clearly, as what what's come out this year is. He thought there was a very clear wink, wink understanding right. with Daryl Morey that that you know that he would be extended longer term with high money. Right. So you know he 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 kind of took one for the team, but but again, in his mind, he wasn't really doing it for the team. Right. He's he doing, was it doing it for with himself. An understanding. Right. That I'm going to get this money and, back. And, and he's such he's such a he's such a like a spoiled superstar that he doesn't realize when he's saying that that's what he's saying. Yeah. He's saying I took one for the team. He's like, "No, you actually you literally you're literally saying that you took a deal so that it'll benefit you later." Right. <laughs> you didn't take anything for the team. Yeah. It's, and 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 so and and he doesn't realize that yes, that's our agreement, but what's the un, the, the the non-stated part of that agreement is you have to still produce. Yeah. And so Twenty and ten is great numbers. Even even though you're dumping seven of those assists to Joel and B, which is the best big man in the game, they're still great numbers. But they're not super max numbers. No, no, no. And I, I just, I, I really like at the end of the day, like like basketball, the league doesn't need James Harden. Right. Like we didn't miss him the first week of his, two weeks of right. the season when he's pouting or sitting out or lobbying for a trade. He's not very fun to watch anymore. Right. And and I, and I I just want it to be where like the, the teams see this and be honest because yeah. Because honestly, he w- he was only fun to watch the first few years of that MVP ascension and then a couple years after that. Well, up to, I mean up through the Chris Paul Rocket years. Right. Cuz they legitimately had you know, a chance. Had a chance to be the Warriors. Right. They they were the they were the Warriors kryptonite in some right. ways. They were built to beat period. the Warriors, and the only reason they didn't beat the Warriors was because of James Harden. So it was kind of well, like they, a, they had the Chris Paul hamstring. They had the Chris ball. Paul hamstring, but yeah. also they had KD went out. Yeah. So yeah. now it's just you and Steph. So now who's better? Right. And it really came down to who will be a teammate, and Steph will always win in that regard. Right. Right. But here's another guy I want to pivot to that, that's already well on his way to ass clownery, and that's Jordan Poole. <laughs> you know, he is like, he's a complete moron. Like, he he like he got drafted later in the draft. He, he came on as a Warriors player, like, seemed to really, you know, be growing as a player. He was instrumental in the championship season. And then he came back, and we know he had the Draymond punch. But he wasn't very good last year, right? And he wasn't very good late when it mattered, right? And he, you know, he got his bag, and they got rid of him. I right. mean, why would a team get rid of a twenty-three-year-old guy who should be on the rise in his career when they have an aging core? Right. You have to be an asshole. And and it's that's an, another situation where with with the same with James Harden, where where you say things that. You're not supposed to say those things out loud because it means that you're an idiot. So he goes, "I already got my ring, so now I'm playing carefree." What are you talking that's, about? That's 
That's what I was getting to next is he goes to Washington, who's not a very good team, but it's a relatively young team. And if you are that guy, if you felt that the you know, Warriors relying on Steph and these other guys, it didn't let you grow. Right. It didn't let you get outside the pot and be all you could be. Like, you come, you ball, you you do everything you can to make Washington kind of a little bit of a contender of maybe just to make the playoffs. I'm not saying right. championship. But no, this guy goes over there and is talking like he's a 36-year-old guy. Hey, I've got my ring. I just want to, <laughs> like, wind down the rest of my career and have some fun. Like, dude, you are an idiot. You are exactly what basketball does not need. Right. And I, I think, I think the way that the way that he, the way he's carrying on, and the way he's playing, it's it's obvious. Oh, that's why Draymond punched you. Yes, it was it was, it was a combination of sure you had things going on at home and 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 you were saying certain things, but it's really because you you think that you're bigger than you actually are, yeah. and there's nothing more annoying than somebody who's not as good as they think they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. Okay. <laughs> Two things, and we mentioned it with the Rudy Gobert thing, but I remember saying it when that punch happened. The most telling thing to me is that Draymond, this is the Jordan Poole incident, was kind of like essentially at like the corner or three-point line of the court. Right. Walked with bad intentions 20-plus feet to where Jordan Poole was and punched him. Not one warrior. Nobody flinched. Moved that way and pretended to want to get and in not the way. not not even punched him. He knocked. He was basically knocked out cold if Draymond doesn't catch him. Right, right, right. So so not only so people they first of all they know you so they know that you have no you're no longer talking. <laughs> you're walking towards him. This isn't good. You see, Steph look kind of turn the other way. <laughs> and can and continue doing what he's doing as if like he doesn't see what's going on. Yeah. So it's like you. It's kind of like you, you deserve that ass whooping, and we and we are all here for it. Yeah. I I I. That was my conclusion. You 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 were so annoying. Nobody cared to stop that. And and I think that that was that was essentially what it was. And, and it's it's unfortunate that a talented guy. Again, it, coming into what should be his prime, has already basically lost the plot of what it means to be a high-level NBA guy. Right, and I I think there's there's something that happens in professional sports, NBA, NFL, uh, MLB. If you have like an unorthodox kind of a game, you'll win a year or two, and then the and then the league will figure you out. Oh, okay, and so and so you have to. So you have to work hard and continue to progress, or you will. Because now Jordan Poole, he he looks, he won't be starting in in a year or so. He he's, I mean, he's basically gone from like rising potential star. I'm not right. saying superstar to basically being Nick Young. Right. He that's what like that's what he's on a track to do now is be a guy that. Has some talent, but he's a complete clown, right? And is just gonna like you know cycle through a handful of teams, and and occasionally put up a good game, but more often than not, right. make a fool of himself. Because because he he was he was trending, he was trending where Austin Reeves is trending, where was was trending last year, 
and Austin Reeves kind of kind of balanced out, and people kind of see what he is, and they've accepted it. Yeah. But they were both trending to a point where the fringe all star starter to you know yeah franchise player. Yeah, this guy's got some talent. Like, where where, where does this go? That right. like like that the championship year with the Warriors. That was the question. This guy right. could do some stuff. Where does this go? Does he is he the it, does the does the Warriors get passed to him at some point, or does he get impatient and leave to go to a team where he can, you know, be all he can be for better or worse, like the way James Harden did, and and here we are. He's he's been traded. He's pr- playing like a, a clown, and uh, I th- I think he's close to shot. Yeah, because and then that that was the um that was the like the comparison. He's going to go there and be do what James Harden did. I don't think he's as talented as James. I, no, I, I, I think that I think that he, in his mind, was just as good as Steph Curry. Yeah, and then if and people and that started to be poison because he's clearly not, and it's interfering with how we play basketball. Yeah, there's there's a fine line in these things when when you are um when you're like. I want to say like close when you're when you're around somebody and you can do some things on your own, you know, you can maybe match him in some areas. It can give you a false sense of what you are and what they are. Right. Because that that difference, what makes the difference between Steph, what makes the difference between all the elite, elite guys and the, the, the other guys isn't in the flashes. Right. It's in the consistency of it. Right. And that's the thing. Like you and I could look exactly the same for a week, right? But guess what? In week twenty of this NBA season, I'm still going to be Steph Curry, and right. you're going to be in a shooting slump and haven't hit a three in two weeks, right? Be, but that's the difference between these guys. It's like you can run with me for a while, but you ain't going to run with me right. for long. And and that's and that's I think that's what people. Period. If you if you see someone doing something great, they will make it look easy. Yeah, and then human nature, along with ego, will say, "I can do that," and so not realizing that Steph puts a lot of work into things that you don't really, if you don't, if you're not really into basketball, you don't notice. Right. So, so if you decide, "Hey, I'm as good as Steph Curry," you start making turnovers and you start taking ill-advised shots. You go, "Well, Steph does it." Well, Steph's a two-time MVP and a four-time champion. Yeah. So, so, so when you start comparing yourself to that. I understand the irrational confidence of an athlete, but at some point there has to be some humility where like, nah, that's Steph Curry. And, and, and maybe I can eventually be as good as him, but I'm not as good as him now. Right. Because even when he went over to, um, to, to DC, he started talking like a vet, like a, like a veteran. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, now I have my team. What? <laughs> what, are you talk- what are you talking about? Yeah, man? yeah. You're, you're a third, you're a third, yeah, third year start player. This is your first year starting. Yeah, now you got your own team. <laughs> you got your own team. Yeah. It, it's like uh, it was like reports. Oh, he he uh flew all the guys out to L. A. and they were working out together. Oh, but I didn't catch that. Okay, you're not like a vet. You're not a veteran like that. Yeah, you, they're gonna give you the keys, sure, but it's but it's a rebuilding team, so it's. Those keys can be taken quickly, and right now I think he's averaging what like nineteen, eighteen. Yeah, it's, it's not even had like a like a significant uptick right. in his personal, you know, right. 
contribution. Because people were projecting he'd be at 26, 27 points a game. Yeah, you'd figure they don't have a ton there. He'd right. have all the opportunities he wants. And even if the the, the, the the thought was is even if the team didn't necessarily succeed much on the court, that individually he he'd would have shine, a, a shining season. You know, and he he's not even doing that. Right. And I think that it's just revealing of who he is. Right. Now, you know, can he change? I'm not a big change guy. Right. I doubt it. And I, and I don't because he was already trending he was already trending down in year 2. Yeah. And there's something first of all p- people can say it was because of the Draymond incident and if it, and even if it was that's still indicative of his personality and his character. Yes. That you would be like, "Well, I don't care if this team loses or oh well, it's just business." Okay, so if you so that means that you can be swayed in any way for any reason. Right. So now he was already on the t- trending down, and what he what he did well, it appeared that the league had figured it out. So how he would come in and be a spark off the bench, he was no longer a spark off the bench. He's taking the same shots, making the same moves, and they just weren't working in the same way. Yeah. And so, for me, I for me, I okay, I see what it is, and then and then when players verbalize it after he left. You hear like interviews with Andre Iguodala, and basically what Andre Iguodala alluded to, even though he was trying to give him praise, he was saying like, "Well, he'd do something and he'd get he'd get reprimanded by Steve Kerr, and he and his attitude would be like, well, Steph did it, Clay right. did it, and it's like you you don't get those same privileges, right? Right? No, that's that and that's a very significant thing in an NBA team. I mean, there are literally two, maybe three guys that have license to do whatever, right? And then everybody else on that roster fits into a role. And it's kind right. of the same issue. Like the Clippers have created a team right. that doesn't fit that dynamic. Right. And, and as a result, it's unlikely that they're going to have any significant success this season. Right. Because there's a model out there of how this works. Right. And and, it, and it, it's magnified because they've all had individual success. Yeah. You know, you got Russell Westbrook and James Harden are three MVPs. and four on the depth chart. In their MVPs, right, right. So it's kind of hard to tell them that they're not doing the right. Like they literally feel like they're doing the correct thing. Yeah. So even so, even when they reference it in in uh post games, they're saying things where they they're not even acknowledging what they've done wrong. Yeah. So it's like they don't know. They don't know. Like if you like if you see like Steph had a bad game, he'd be like, "Man, I turned the ball over too much, and I gotta just be more responsible with the ball." Right. Westbrook will have the same conversation and he'll be like, hey, turnovers happen. And it's like, yeah, they do, but you cost it in the game. Not at this rate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I do think, like, teams have to have a certain calibration. There has to be something of a pecking order. And if if you basically have four individuals kind of doing their own thing, you're never going to get that. And, like, even I think when you go to the Heat, like when LeBron went down there with Wade and Bosch, it probably took the first season to right. really fully, I think Wade and LeBron kind of had maybe a little bit of, I want to be the guy going against right. each other. You know, Wade kind of passed that to LeBron, and Bosch fell into that third wheel, and it took off. Right. But but you, you can't just have four guys who, who you know, haven't been able to figure it out. And and again, it's that same thing, and I, and I don't, you know, it, it, I'm, Old people are shaky. 
like when you have guys that are now in their 30s and they've done it for that long a right. certain way, it's got to be incredibly hard to just have them wake up and be like, hey, you know, I, I slept on this, man. I'm going right. to change what I'm doing. I'm going to play off of you and, and do everything right. I can to make your game easier, and I think we got a better chance to win. Because even the crazy thing about especially people like James Harden and West, Russell Westbrook, not only they've been doing it for so long, they've done it with they've done it without reproach yeah. for a long time. Where they where there's there's stories about they wouldn't even show uh negative uh James Harden highlights or lowlights <laughs> in the film session. In the film session. <laughs> and so and I know it to be true because the way he the way he the way he says things in the interviews. Right. And and I, and I've I've only I've only seen I've only seen um, when people say oh we sacrificed for the better of the team I've only seen it actually happen and and it worked twice since I've watched basketball it happened with the with the with the Heatles okay where they actually did sacrifice to win championships yeah where where you had uh uh Dwayne Wade was 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 second in MVP voting before that yeah. Uh, and then Kevin Durant, where he with actually the, sacrificed with the Warriors. With the Warriors, yeah. And and even more so with Kevin Durant because it was seamless, and without the Draymond incident, it you didn't even know. It just felt and that like, was like year three or four that right. were together anyway. So yeah, it, yeah, it it and that that's another great point because another group that I always look back as a reference point for for guys coming together quickly was the Celtics group with KG, mm. Ray Allen, and Paul right. Pierce. Like they came together that one summer when it, when all the moves were made. Right. And you know they they took like the trip to Europe. Doc right. came up with the Umbutu mantra. Right. And then they like started the season like twenty and four. Right. And like they clearly just, you know, made every effort to fit together. They they vibed off of each other and obviously won a championship for right. that. But th- these teams when you watch them and they don't look happy, right. They're not going anywhere. Right. You cannot have success at the highest level if you don't on some level like collectively enjoy what you're doing. Right. And and you and you have to so even the even these three those three teams that's a great addition the Celtics they have they have a um a pecking order that the Clippers don't have yes so even though we're we moved into positionless basketball in a lot of ways in small ball and all these things which we'll move away from again because that because these things aren't very good basketball really but you can't have small ball and then have four players that are exactly the same or similar you or two players that are exactly the same and two players are similar to each other that's not small ball and it's it's hard to configure that it's hard to configure it's hard cuz Russell Westbrook can't play without the basketball in his hand you need James Harden to be a jump shooter and he's not a traditional jump shooter the only thing that the only thing that makes him a good sh- only only reason why we consider him a shooter is because he takes a lot of shots it's, it's it's in rhythm, and he has to, he has to shoot thirty to get twenty on a good to shoot to make to get thirty on a good night, and it looks good because he has twelve assists and he has nine rebounds. It looked like a good game, but when you have to only do that in twenty, like uh Kevin Durant when he went to Golden State, none of them took more than twenty shots. Yeah, three was, of them took a balance there. 
he, Clay took the most shots because Clay said, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't um, sacrificing. Even though he did <laughs> sacrifice, but he was only asked to be a catch-and-shoot guy. Right. So it worked out even better. Yeah. These guys don't even have, like, that regiment where I'm, we're all going to take 15 shots. Yeah. So, like, you'll see, like, this weird influx where you'll have one game, Russell has 25 shots, and, and James Harden has four. And then you have another game with James Harden. Well, James Harden hasn't shot a lot yet to begin with, and it's only because he's not good without the ball taking shots. Like it was the one time when they threw him the ball and he had to take a dribble and a sidestep to shoot a wide-open three-pointer, a wide-open jump shot. Right. So that's – how does that work? You yeah, can't – It won't. It won't. It's impossible. I mean, it'll, it'll get better than 0-5, but right. it's not going to be good. Right. It's not going to be good enough to accomplish anything this year. And it's going to – I think I think that – They'll have they'll have some full success in the middle to the end of the season, and then it'll crash so hard at the end, and then Russell will be left holding the bag. <laughs> I hope they leave Harden holding yeah. the bag because he deserves to be held. He deserves, but they're gonna they're already they're already blaming Russ because also another component, even though James Harden is a uh, expiring contract, Russ is on a is on a um. Like a basically like a bet minimum deal. Yeah, yeah, very, very. So he'll good. be the first to get out because they can afford to they can afford to waive him or whatever they need to do. Yeah, yeah. Now I, and I said it before this season even started is that the Clippers, if they're smart, will blow this team up. It, it was put together to win titles. It's failed to do right. that, and it's basically aged out of any reasonable window to expect right. title level play. Right. Because they only they only their only legitimate chance. Was the year of the bubble? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then after that, they're old. You can't you can't keep sitting down, Kawhi. Not you know you, you keep sitting down old cars. They won't start. <laughs> I think he's sitting himself. Yeah, and so because he's he's not as good as he used to be. He's not aver- even close. He's averaging like twenty two or twenty three. No, it's not not even close. You know, and um, yeah, he he. I mean, the, the reality is. I know he had a great run with Toronto, but he sat out a big chunk of the regular season. His best years were in San Antonio before that original injury that soured that entire relationship. Right. When he was in San Antonio, he was a two-way terror and, and like, really a decisive player. And then, you know, again, Toronto, he was amazing during the playoffs, but regular season was indifferent. And in the Clippers, he's just been one injury after another. Now, now speaking of uh, – now, speaking of – um. The San Antonio Spurs. What do you think about Wendy Wimby? I like Wimby. I mean, there's uh, he is a purity of purpose guy. He is here to be as great a basketball player as he can be. And there are bumps in the road now. There's going to be some bad games or whatever. But I think what I love about him is that I don't think that bothers him. Right. I think he understands that, and he's not put off by it. As much hype and expectation is. I don't think he spends a lot of time beating himself up about not reaching some level that the media might have for him. Right. I think he's realistic in that I'm learning every night. Right. And I'm going to have some bad ones, and I'm damn sure going to have some good ones. And that, you know, I'm not here to be the best player in the world right now. Right. I'm here to maybe be that in three to four years. And I think that's the right place to be. I think that's what you saw like from a guy like Giannis when he came into the right. league. And he came in from Giannis came in with way, way less uh, you know, hype and arguably ability right. at that time than Wemby currently has. Right. But I think that the the 
purity of purpose, and we, we criticize like the way Harden approaches the game, the way Poole approaches it, embrace the way Wemby is approaching this. Right. Now, what's what's weird about at least watching these games early on, it's almost like his teammates aren't looking for him in the way that you would think they would look for him. Yeah, yeah. And he's not he, – he is not – a wing he's not a wing or guard player who can play big he's a big that can play wing or guard and i think he's doing it the opposite way so yeah. if if he if he would on the break he runs straight down the middle he get an extra he get an extra 8 points a game yeah if you know and and then pop out when they try to put somebody uh smaller but faster on him and and then work his way through that that way yeah and i and i think that that is like but when I say, like, learning every night, like, when I watch him in the summer league, the brief appearance he made, like, he does not have – he has a high level of skill. What he doesn't have is a defined game. Right. And and I think when we're talking about him learning every night, it's starting to learn, like, where do I need to be on the floor to maximize my skill set? Right. And, and, and to a degree, because when you are a versatile guy, it's going to be toggling. There's going to be moments right. you – post up a small guy and there's going to be moments when you draw another guy away from the basket to an area where he's not comfortable and he has the skills to do that what he's got to find is is the the game and and the situation and how to apply that night in night out opponent to opponent and and be lethal right and that's what he's that's what he's learning right it's it's the disease of access of excess cuz cuz he he can just do so much yeah as opposed like the the tr- like if if you're if you're looking for him to be like this score, then the best bet is for him to find an area on the floor where he's able to operate the most, and get to that area. Yeah, but that all all every high level scorer in this league operates from spots. Right, they have spots that they want to get to. Right, and when they get to those spots, they're lethal right you know and so that that is almost by definition high level scoring right and he's in the process of finding that. figuring out his figuring out and that's 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 that that's kind of like my um my grand my grand point is because it just feels like he's feeling his way through and it's like pop is allowing it as opposed to get him the ball he's the star yeah, and so I I don't know if if Pop is just doing that to kind of string him along to get him to a point. I, I don't I I think and I think Pop is a long view guy. I think it's a discovery process. Okay, and I think that if Pop was to kind of be like heavy handed, okay, we're gonna run this set, we're gonna get Wemby the ball here, and I think that he's I think Pop's smart enough to know like. Wemby doesn't even know those spots yet. Right. We're going to find them by kind of letting the, you know, the deer out in the woods here to run around. And we'll find those. And when we find them, then we're going to start that process of honing it down. Right. And when you do that, the other thing that's going to happen is you're also going to figure out who are and what type of players are the best players to surround him with. True. And then you'll be able to kind of, you know, make your 
draft choices, free agent trade moves, knowing, okay, this is what we need around this guy to right. maximize him. But I do think he's taken a long view of like, yeah, we're going to be a little awkward. We're going to let this guy do what he does, and we're going to figure out what's best. Right. And I guarantee you they're, they're, they're doing some like advanced metrics and saying like, hey, you know, when, when he's doing this, like here's the efficiency versus when he's here. And that's that's part of the modern game and, and the modern coaching is you – you, you look at data and you make decisions based on it. But I think rather than kind of dictating and make sure we get him these touches, make sure we do this, he's kind of just letting him find the game. And I think it's a, it's not the most pragmatic thing to do right now to maybe get results, but I do think it's the best way to develop him as an individual. That's, that's, a, that's a good perspective. What, what about Chet? To be honest, I've not seen Chet play as many games. I've watched a lot more Spurs games. But I, I think he's, you know, number one, he's healthy, which is great because he right. wasn't that last year. He's a super talented kid. Um, I, I think he's he's on the right track, and I think he's in a great situation with OKC and playing with Shea and, and right. Giddy and some other talented guys. I don't think, in a weird way, he has a different pressure because I think OKC is not a contending team, but they should be a good playoff team. Right. And I think he has greater pressure to fit in and to make this team work now, right. and so they're really doing two different things. But I, and I, but I think it's it's easier for Chet because obviously he's playing with better players. Yeah, in their in their established players to an extent, so they're not trying to like make a career. So it in 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 his uh. You know, in his uh, what would he say? They're not trying to make a career at the expense of him. Right, right. You don't have guys out there that are just like, I got to get my shots up because right. I got to get a bag or whatever. There is a team calibration, a team structure there. There's a pecking order, and Chet is you know fitting into that. So yeah, I agree. And and again, Shea's a top ten, fifteen guy in the right. whole league. He, you know, he's comfortable in what he is. He's not out here trying to do stuff. Right. And he can, you know, uh, he can. You'll be magnanimous, like play with Chet, right. and, and you, you help him grow. And that's that's the only thing unfortunate about Wimby is he's playing with a bunch of guys who feel like they're bettering their chances by looking out for themselves. When, when in reality, they probably aren't. They probably won't have a job outside of the three years that they'll probably get. Yeah, figuring it out here. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there, those there's there's a just a lot of kind of misfit guys trying to do different stuff and and. It's a process, and the process is going to weed probably the majority of those guys out. But the other thing, you'll probably, even though it doesn't look good right now, there will probably be, I would say, maybe two guys on yeah. that roster that, that do find some long-term roles around Wemby. Maybe not as starters or right. second bananas, but that are, they're good fits, and they understand how to play with them. So th there is a process going on there, and I, I do think at the end of the day, OKC's much further to contention or, or winning than San Antonio, but I think both groups are going about it the right way for where they are. Right. I, I, I think the league will figure out how to make sure that San Antonio is competitive. Yes, they will. And I think OKC is going to be competitive, and, they, and so that might be the clash for the ne for not the next – not this year, next year, the year after that, but that fourth year they'll be like powerhouses. And it it could be the thing too with with um, OKC. You know they had all that talent before, and then they you know let Harden go, and it it just kind of it lingered. It never amounted to anything. 
I would be curious, and I think it's the same ownership, and I think it's still Sam Presti. If they feel that they've got a real nucleus here, do they go all in, whatever it takes to keep it together, almost you know, almost with the idea that we screwed this up, you know, ten right. years ago. We're not going to let that happen again. I think so because they 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 already angling towards that angle. Yeah, they already showing those guys with the with the um Kevin Durant, Westbrook, Harden guys, and they putting them side by side and saying. Yeah. So they already angling towards that, and I think that I think that they all have. Well, not all, because I think Chet is the Chet is the guy with the ego. And so, not and that's not a bad thing. I think that Shy is more is more um, able to accept that it's a lot of star power, and I think I think right now Giddy is just happy to kind of be playing and playing well. Yeah. And so as long as they keep that kind of attitude, because it's going to be one ego. It's just you can't have three egos. They, they got to grow together. Right. Like even if they do, I mean, things things aren't always perfect with like Steph, Clay, and Draymond, I'm sure. Right. But they, they've grown together in this, you know, and it, it becomes like a family. Okay, we, right. can, we can be pissed at each other for a day or two, but we're not going to let it affect our play longer than right. that. I mean, that that becomes the challenge in front of these teams, um, you know, as far as that goes. And, again, I, you, you can't help but think of Shea and then the Clippers. Right. Because he came to the OKC in the Paul George trade, and right. now you've got this top 10, top 12 player right. who, you know, what would that have looked like right now yeah, with they Kawhi kinda, and some other people? Yeah, they kind of got – they kind of looked out. Because yeah. imagine, imagine if, if – well – it all depends, cause because Kawhi couldn't stay healthy, but yeah. But if, but if Shea, even if you built around, they should have just built around Shea. Yeah, no, it's, it's a and it, and they would because now OKC not letting him go. Oh yeah, no, not at all, not at all. And 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 when you compare them to like you compare them to Golden State, Golden State's a little different because Draymond and Clay are very much specialists. Yeah. So. They they never they never see themselves as above Steph, right? Because it's just not reasonable. Like Steph is a is a once in a lifetime generational talent who would have been Steph anywhere. Probably not as probably not as dominant as far as winning uh, championships, but he would have still been Steph other places. So in in OKC, they're not specialists. They are all individually great. You know, or they have potential to all be individually yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shea's great, and the other two guys, it's potential to rise. Right. And so, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, there's great things ahead for OKC. I think that they're 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 doing things the right way. And I hope if it comes down to making a decision to spend the money to keep a young talented core together, they don't make the same mistake twice. I, I would hope not. I would hope not. And I think the league. Would like to have this might sound this might sound like a crazy take, but I think the league would like to have an American-born white hope. For sure, well, I know who else would want that. American <laughs> Amer- white people. American white people. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it goes for like playing yeah. in the American heartland. Yep. of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, for sure. For it, sure. It, it it writes itself, man. Yeah, it writes absolutely. itself. It's, absolutely. It's, it's, so I I think I think I think the league will do 
it's due diligence to make sure that those two because it's just it's just a good story for ten years. We I, and you know it's a story that kind of perked its head up to, in a in a little bit different fashion. But right. But this week I think Paul Pierce said you know. Uh, uh, Jason Tatum is the best American player right. in the league. And wording it that way is crazy. But it's true. It is. Though. I mean, you look at Jokic's international, Luka, yeah. uh, Embiid, uh, although he's eligible now to play for Team USA, right. he's Cameroonian. And so, and, and then some people say, you know, kind of respond and said, well, what about Anthony Edwards? And maybe he's that guy. Right. And we, you know, Steph is still here. But it's a really interesting thing to consider that, like, not, right. not only are we arguably starved for a American born white star, like even just an American born just player American born star is yeah. not necessarily a top right. three to five guy in the league by by definition. Right. Cause he because the top fifteen guys are there's probably what five or uh, four Americans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe fit. I'm not 100. I mean, you, I know you got like, you'll have you know Jokic, MB, Luca, and Giannis are Giannis. way. I mean, they're up in the absolute yeah. top top tier of this. And then yeah, I, I, again you you go, Steph, Tatum, Edwards, LeBron, uh, you know, and then yeah, you, I mean, how do you evaluate certain guys? It gets a little funny. Yeah, but it gets kind of weird. I yeah. mean, because because even even Kyrie's technically Australian. Technically, and and Shea is Canadian. Yes, yeah, so and we Shea's just Canadian. we just we just spent a segment saying he's in the top ten or twelve right. guys. So yeah, there it's it's an international game right. for sure, and you know to see uh, the growth of the game is great for the NBA, but it also presents a challenge, and it circles back to my point that like I still want to see. And I know the U.S. is supposed to be loading up for the Olympics. Right. I hope everybody else loads up. Right. Because that world championship that happened this past year was was not. It was pretty diluted. Right. I, I mean, a lot of big international guys did not play. Right. But that's always they they never play in that. In right. That. Right. Right. But I'm I'm looking for the Olympics, and I hope that we load up. But I hope everybody else does, and let's have a hell of a tournament. But it's also with that. Even if they load up, they're not as good as a loaded American team. You, yes and, and no. Not top to bottom. But when you figure that there's one ball and only five guys on the court at a time, right? it can become a little different. And, and, and those guys have played together since they were kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To, I would, I mean, I would. I would, if I was betting money, if I bet anything of value, I would bet on a fully U.S., fully loaded U.S. team to win. But I, I would, it would not be ridiculous to see them potentially get beat. But here's here's my other point in this: is like, it's great for basketball because because yeah. there'll be on, on other games that are amazing, not just right. the U.S. games. You know, you look at maybe a Serbia Greece game or France and whoever. Like these games are going to be fun to watch, right? You know, and I I come from the soccer background where you look at that World Cup and it's like this this is a hell of a thing to watch. That's true, and and any even even going back to the league, if if it if it gets too diverse, it'll start to kind of um maybe push the American fans out of the league, and it'll be more like international. So I, I don't think the league wants that either. No, nah, you're right. There's a there's a point there. You don't you don't you don't want to go f- overboard where you feel, and, and to be honest, like the NBA, is it, it is a thing. It 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 is potentially polarizing. It, it is the blackest of the professional sports. True, and that alone kind of 
somehow challenges, you know, insecure white fandom. Right. That's why they would cling to a guy like Chet. Right. You know, and and, and that's and they that's also in a lot of ways why they cling to international stars because they don't even though you have Embiid and Gian, you don't they don't they don't they don't um identify Giannis as a black athlete. Right. So, right. And and they even they even brand him the Greek freak. Right. Yeah. Even though he's not really Greek, he just was born like he just was born and raised in Greece. Right, right, yeah, yeah, for sure. So he's not like the Greek freak. He's still an African freak. <laughs> he's still like an African freak. Yeah. But they but they marketed that way, so it's like you feel it doesn't it doesn't connect as it, like yeah. It's by design. Right. It is by design. You know, and I mean, I mean, go back to like okay, even like go back to like Allen Iverson right. and when he was with cornrows and tattoos and like right. whatever, there was like almost a desperation to sort of like clean this up and, right. and have people have a dress code coming to games and and and, and for commercial reasons. Yeah. You know, and that, and they made the them wear the sleeve and they made them yeah do all this weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, there, there's an undeniable fact. I mean, the, our country is defined by race. Right. And and when things are deemed to be too black, too ghetto, too whatever, yeah. the the commercial-minded people get nervous. Right. That they're going to lose the, the beloved, you know, white base of fans. Right. And it's, it's, all, it's always interesting that it, it's, not very, it's not very hidden. No. It's like very, it's very well, like literally like you're, yeah. you you have Allen Iverson and the league starts making like dress codes. You have to wear a suit like and things like this. It's like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I still remember like um you know on the football side of things. I remember Cam Newton. He he came out of the right. the college as the Heisman Trophy winner and top pick, but his team at the time was very big on like you know you. You're going to appear in a suit, and every, right. you know, every time you're not like actually playing, right. they made very conscious, deliberate decisions to make him as kind of white marketable as right. possible under the circumstances. Right, and you know that was part of that package of getting him to the top pick right. and, and all that follows after. And and because because you, you remember you remember when they when they entered when they rolled out the um. The dress code when around Allen Iverson time, the the literal verbiage of that was when they said, "What's the dress code?" They said, "If you would wear it to a club, don't wear it to the game." <laughs> That's right. And they said that openly and just like clear, like yeah. That so, is. so it's like you like <laughs> we know what's going on here. <laughs> it's like not yeah. even, not even, not even real. It's not even. That's the crazy thing about like uh, mainstream America is like sometimes they just openly racist and it's unapologetic. Well, that's that's why I mean when I say that our country is you know, defined by race, right? I literally mean that in that so many ways we kind of like blatantly do these things, but they're they're blatant, but they're so well accepted right that like it just is what it is right and so that and that's what that's the definition it's like okay yeah we're gonna here's you know don't wear the club gear to the game like, right okay, all right yeah, like you, you know what that means you but. ever seen the um you ever seen the clip of uh david Bowie? um uh, he's he's talking to uh oh i recently i think it's talking about like the videos that are played on mtv yeah yes he, exactly yeah the mtv reporter he was like you guys don't play um black artists here and he was like and the reporter literally said <laughs> there, there may there may be some there may be some white kids from uh the Midwest region of America 
who'd be afraid to see Prince on TV. Right. <laughs> to which David Bowie, to his credit, said, like, like, imagine what that would mean to, like, you know, like having him available right. to, to a 17 year old black kid right. in the country. You know, there's two sides of that. <laughs> right. It's He's just like, crazy. It was, it's funny because David Bowie is kind of like, like, do you hear yourself? Like, do you hear what you're saying? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now that was fun, and dude, that had to have been what thirty years ago, if yeah. not more. No, I'm at that. That could that had to. Be. That was probably forty years ago, because that was that was like right around like at the Thriller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's yeah, forty years ago. That's yeah. Crazy. That's crazy, right? But it, it is like so many times you see, like, the lack of change. The lack of any That's demonstrable true. progress. Like I, I, I thought. Like I don't, I don't know if you saw the movie Black Klansman. Yeah. I, I thought like Spike Lee, the way he presented that, that was back to his absolute best. But like the way he connected, like at the time, the Charlottesville near right. the end of the movie, with kind of that, um, those really super corny, blatantly racist like speeches from like the 30s, I guess, yeah. or 40s. It's like no, we're we're really close to the same place. Right. Like you, we can tell ourselves there's progress, and we can cherry pick a few things and say it's okay. Right. But fundamentally, we're still looking at this the same exact way. Right. It's it's exact. It's done that exact. That's that's why it, that's why I was interested to see um that that quote from Paul Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Because it was because he was he didn't he didn't mean to say it in the way that he that it came out, but it's like oh you oh. We're, we're 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 still there. We're still there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <sighs> but that's. I think we covered everything with basketball. We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> we we beat that dead horse. <laughs> now now before now before we get out of here, so this is you guys do do sports in mayhem. Yes, we're on this here for the mayhem. Yeah. So I was so I was skimming. I was skimming um Instagram. And I seen um somebody I seen this guy doing an interview and in in, getting interviewed in the in the um headline or the subtitle was Will Smith's best friend and former assistant says that he walked in on him having relations with Dwayne Martin. And what was the first thing that I thought about? I haven't seen Dwayne Martin since the uh, I'll Make Love to You video from Boyz II Men. What's he been up to? Apparently sucking cock. I don't know. <laughs> nah, like, what's they, going on? They say, he was, they say he was giving it to Will. Oh, okay. He's giving it to giving Will. Giving it to Will. The, <laughs> like, guy, the, guy said, the, guy, the guy said um, it sounded like, sound like a murder scene in there. <laughs> That's what the guy said. <laughs> <laughs> but Okay. I can't say I was like surprised or like shocked. That's always been like the rumor because yeah. because because like because you joke about you joke about like not seeing Dwayne Martin, but Dwayne Martin, whenever you have seen him over the years after that, of course he was married to he's married to Tisha Campbell Martin, uh, Gina from Martin, and um, from the show Martin, and he also but he also had a, a sitcom, and the sitcom was basically. It was basically loosely about um, Will Smith's like marriage, like getting divorced and then marrying someone else. It so was. It, that's basically what the show was like. Oh, uh, what was it called? I don't know. It was called um, All of Us. Okay. So it was produced by Will Smith, and it was essentially about a guy who 
who got a divorce but had a kid with, with his ex-wife and married someone else or dated somebody else with that kid. Okay. And so, but he's but he's also like known as like Will Smith's like best friend, but he's always around, but he doesn't do anything. Right, right. Okay. You know what I mean? He doesn't do anything. He, he was on Kevin Hart's uh, TV show, uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood. Okay. But he's also, but he's mostly, mostly for, uh, known as Will Smith's friend who doesn't do anything. He just like okay. he's just, around. just around. Okay, he's married. He was married to Gina, and he doesn't do. Anything. Is he still married to Gina? No, nah, they're divorced. Oh, okay, long time or it's been a while now. Probably like okay. four or five years. Okay, it's been a while. So, so it's always those rumblings that 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 was what that is because if you have this guy that just hangs around does nothing well, that's kind of like uh whitney and her friend robin <laughs> that's true yeah I mean, and it came out that yeah that that robin was there to satisfy uh whitney's desires right in some ways yeah but but this is this is might go down a rabbit hole but when you look at like Will Smith, Will Smith like six three, big strong dude. You would think that he's the the pitcher. I guess, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't put that much thought into it. <laughs> That's just how I think. Like, well, how big is Dwayne Martin? I don't know. I just pause. Pause this whole conversation. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I just because when you think when you go down that rabbit hole, you think like if you're catching, you're less. Masculine, or is that is that not is that cancel offense to say like you're less masculine if you're the one catching? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the protocol is there. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so I mean, I would say that I mean there are there are gay couples where if you look at the two people, one of them projects a much more sort of effeminate outward demeanor, and and then I don't, but I I I, I would I would just assume that that correlates to the bedroom positioning as well. But I don't know. No, that's that's first of all, that's cliche. They're they're not all but, one. But, it's not it's not all one feminine guy and then one manly. No, no, I'm guy. saying you, on occasion you do see. That. Yeah, that that that's the that's the idea. So like, you, but, it's more than often. Yeah, but you also potentially see a dynamic where just two guys are two guys that nobody's projecting outwardly effeminate in any way. Right. So I used to work. I used to work with these two guys. Right. It was. Two young guys, one guy they were they were they were a couple. Okay. The one guy was very like feminine. He was the younger one. He was very feminine. He was short. He acted exactly. He, he didn't act. one thing about like the effeminate like man who's like super flamboyantly gay. They actually don't act like women. They act like a hyperbolic woman. So it's like over the top. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm with you. And and he, the boyfriend was like very masculine, like. One of the guys talk about sports. Hey, talk like you don't. You wouldn't know he was gay, but he was openly like bisexual or whatever the case may be. Right. But he and I'm. Don't ask me how I know this. I'm just very inquisitive. So I. It was interesting their dynamic because he was so like manly, and he wasn't like sometimes those guys would be like overly manly because they wanna they wanna overcompensate when they're around a bunch of guys. Right. But he was a guy who liked who just liked to hang out with guys, not. Because he wanted to like date him or anything, he just is like a regular manly, manly guy. Right. But he was the one who was the catcher. Okay. So when you actually asked him about it, yeah. Okay. I did, yeah. That's. I mean, but that's why like, I didn't like. I honestly like when I heard the story, Will Smith, Dwayne. I I didn't make any 
I, I, I didn't even consider who was doing what to who. But it's like... The only reason <laughs> it sounds crazy, people gonna see this. Like, why are you even? Care? It's just that when he described when this guy, the guy's describing that he walked in on him, he's saying he blowing Will Smith's back out, <laughs> and that kind of threw me completely off guard because I'm like, at least you be the one blowing the back out if that's different. Well, but okay, we gotta flip this another level. Is that like if you really look at it, like Will Smith is like the oppressed person in his marriage. Mm. And so like that may extend to how he interacts with others. And and may, maybe Jada gives it to him too. Could be. We, we I, don't, I don't think she gives him anything but a fucking hassle. But you don't I, think so? Because cause... I, 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 dude, I, it, well, I, the part I wanted to go to was the the very weird thing, like where um, I, I saw like a little clip where she's like, I guess some reporters are chasing her, talking about the story, and she's like, "We're suing." Like, <laughs> yeah. y'all aren't even on the same team anymore. Yeah, like, like, what what is going on? Are you guys together? You're not together? Yeah, like, why do you care? What like, are you talking like, about, man? Yeah, you're suing. And I saw I saw that clip, and then and then my mind went to my mind went to this place. She running around doing interviews. She's getting into this like SUV. She's living like a great life. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, who's paying for this? Because <laughs> she hasn't done anything since Hawthorne. Exactly. I thought Jason's lyric, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not getting residual royalties from Jason's lyric. <laughs> not, not How you, so if y'all like not together, if if uh, if, uh, if what's his name, if um, if Terrence Howard only made 12k, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I, I know you're not making a lot of money off that book. I was just like, how does man? Will can't catch a break, man. No, I can't. You can't even keep his personal life secret. Apparently, you can catch something else, though. <laughs> but, I, okay, here's the thing. Like, I also thought, like, okay, what are you going to sue? Like, basically, it's a defamation right. or a libel suit. So when you get into this, you're going to sue this person. Number one, they probably don't have much money. So if, right. assuming you got a judgment, it's something you'll be trying to chase forever. Now, number two... What is the benefit of suing them? Because basically, all this is going to then have to be like hashed out in, in depositions yeah. and court. Like, is that the direction you really want to go? If 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 it's not true, so like if you're saying like I'm going to sue, you're saying that this is not true. Well, well the only way to prevail in a libel suit is to is to prove that it's not true. And if you're the party filing the suit, you have the burden of proving that. Look at my anus. It's clear as fine. <laughs> like, so I, just, I just don't understand the upside in that. And again, we live in like a, a, a world, and particularly like the celebrities live in a world like, is that going to affect his career in any? Does anybody really? No, care because people already than, assumed that he was he was at least pitching. Right. I mean, so it's like, how does that impact you? And then when you go to like prove damage in like a libel or defamation suit, you have to prove. I mean, you could be, you could prove that the person defamed you or was libel. But then you also have to prove what is your damage, right? And how the heck is he going to prove damage now? Where, also, where his career is right now, right. where his public persona is, like how can you kind of damage or hurt that anymore? That's that's also maybe it could be an NDA that wasn't followed. Okay, so you're you're haggling over an NDA. Yeah, but it's where, where does that go? Yeah, because this guy obviously 
who did this interview. Because why would you do this interview? And le- Maybe he got pissed off about something. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, you never can. He might have like felt slighted by Will about because maybe they have a thing. Could be, could be, it could be anything. Maybe, maybe Will owed him some back wages for something that he did or didn't do. I, you know, when, when people get upset, they'll they'll lash out in whatever they've got. That's that's and that's why. Honestly, if you know that about me, and I'm Will Smith. I'm going to make sure that, you know, you don't exist. Yeah, kill him. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I also think, like, like I don't know. I, I, I'm not Will Smith, but, like, to a degree, like, you know, you've got a million moving parts in your life. Every day somebody's <laughs> saying something about you and this and that. And it's like, it's quite possible that you kind of forget about this guy in some way. And until he chirps up with, here's the thing. Maybe the guy's been reaching out to Will for, for whatever. Maybe alone, maybe right. whatever. And Will's not getting back to him. And then finally he's like, hey, fuck this guy. I'm going to go, you know, and talk about this. Right. And there you go. Now I've got his attention. Because you know, you know what's fucked up about this is now it doesn't matter if it's true or not. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's out. It doesn't matter. But I don't – I look at it maybe a night. I don't think it impacts Will Smith at all. Right. Like, he, he's been publicly embarrassed before. Like, I, again, you know, there, there are a handful of people that maybe have speculated he's already been involved in this type of activity. Right. And if he is – who cares? Right. Like whatever. If he enjoys Dwayne, especially Martin. especially like people at Will Smith is at a level in his life or in his in his stardom where he literally can do anything as long as it's not illegal and no one would care. That's what I'm saying. Like you're you're at a point where it just doesn't matter. Right. Like it, it's not going to impact your career. Nobody's going to pull a, a movie offer because this was brought up in public and yo you know will smith doesn't um make a doesn't comment on anything yeah why this so for him to be like we're gonna sue it's like wait a (laughs) minute zeta has said crazy things about you yeah why is this like pressing the button that you have to react to it's weird it's, it is. It's it's so it's so bizarre out of all the things that he's been in the news for and people saying people making like these long dissertations and these stories about why he slapped Chris Rock and he misses his dad, his dad was a like they coming up with all these stories and ideas of why it happened and he's radio silent. <laughs> but this This he's like We're, we're running gonna the courthouse. We're <laughs> drafting a complaint now. And <laughs> he, and then Jada responds. That's like at this point it's like I don't know what to believe, but I felt some kind of way about her response. I'm just like, you've done enough. Just, just yeah, it's like just sit out of this one, one way or the other. Just stand down. Because what? Because without Jada doing this whole tour for the last 18, 24 months, this is just a tabloid rumor, right? Even even if it's on camera with this, because the the person he did the interview with is basically like people consider like a tabloid person. Right, right. So yeah, not a super credible. Yeah, story, so so so, so it, we we literally ignore it and just be a funny story, but with Jada and this whole thing and the memoir and her doing all these interviews, because Jada did Jada did all the smoke. Yeah. What What are you doing? You just doing shit. <laughs> you haven't shot a basketball or any sports related anything. Why are you doing all the smoke? Yeah. 
So like you just was on a world tour about your memoir telling telling where Will Smith's birthmarks are. You telling every private solitary detail about his life. And so then this is just the add on. Maybe, well maybe she's salty because she decided not to include this. And now it looks bad. Like, damn, I should have told it, it him. Under, it, undercuts, <laughs> it undercuts the credibility of her memoir. Damn, I should have told him about Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> you, you wrote this whole memoir revealing all this intimate stuff, but you left out this one big thing. <laughs> so that's, now she's coming out with a sequel now. <laughs> <laughs> Second part two coming out. Where there's a will, there's a way. That's right. I don't, yeah, just, just a funny story. But now I'm, I'm very much in the lane that when you – attain a certain level of stardom or celebrity like nothing short of like illegal conduct bothers you right it just literally doesn't matter like and and i honestly if i'm arguing the defense of this case you know i'm saying there's no damage right we'll 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 say okay we'll concede the, the point maybe this isn't true right but prove damage because you can't Right, especially now we're we're in we're in a place where like your sexuality is not really a a big deal. Especially like yeah. people kind of assume that he was like I, like I found I found out that uh I found that uh that George Jefferson was gay. George Jefferson. He was a closeted gay. Moving on up. Yeah. So. Okay. I, I only bring that up to say if we're at the point now where that's not even news, like right, people don't that, care. Yeah, that's the thing. It literally doesn't matter. And then even in the okay, okay, let's just spin this to a whole different place and say, let's say that you had like an ostensibly good couple. Let's say like Denzel and Donald, right, and like they, you know, no, nobody's saying anything negative, right. And all of a sudden, somebody comes out and says, "Oh, you know, Denzel Washington's been having a gay relationship on the side of his marriage for for ten years." Yeah, like like, if, like if you'd be like, like, "Yo, the guy who played Willis from Good Time or or um." From different strokes is blowing Denzel Washington's back out. That would break my heart. But and again, but part of it is because his brand is to a degree like not. I mean, he's great acting talent, but it's also this kind of this family. Yeah, this family man. You know, but the Will and Jada thing, they they they've literally put themselves out there. Yeah, now now we won't put we won't put anything past Will Smith. That's what I'm saying. Like you're already a train wreck on the relationship side. Like, and again, it's not going to affect your. Your entertainment career, right? Eight years ago, it'd be like it'd be like, oh, really? Now it's just like, well, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back when J. Yeah. Cole, when back when J. Cole was dropping bars. Yeah, who, who would who would have thought, man? <laughs> that, that that bar didn't age well. Yeah, oh man, we're <laughs> praying for you, man. My heart goes out to you. Um, just don't, don't go forward with the lawsuit. I just yeah. I just don't see that helping anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we need we don't need any more, man. We don't need any more details. <laughs> Has Dwayne Martin commented? Yeah. Oh my. Did he? I, I know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious. Because yo, that's care. that's what's fucked up. Like Dwayne Martin was just somewhere minding his his business. I'm sure he was. <laughs> And you just like, yeah, he was blowing his back out. <laughs> nobody need. We didn't need this. That is kind of. I mean, yeah, like we do. The first thing you look at it from Will Smith perspective. Yeah. But if this is not true, and you're Dwayne Martin, yeah, no, nah, it's like, like, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> That's funny too. Yeah, he's just like, I'm just cruising through my day. <laughs> now he got to answer questions. But Jazzy, no, nah, nah, he not. Nobody's doing nothing with him. But Jazzy Jeff is out still active. Right. Right. Jazzy Jeff, they gonna ask Jazzy Jeff, did you know about this? <laughs> Jazzy Jeff, 
That's great. It's all bad, man. That is. That is. <laughs> well, well, Pink, man. I think we, I think we covered all the bases, man. We've covered all the bases, We've especially the bases. baseball. Especially baseball. Will's a pitcher. <laughs> oh, okay. No, he's, he's a catcher. catcher. Yeah, you, you don't even know what sport you're. Yeah, playing. I'm so I'm so discombobulated. <laughs> I didn't expect to go down that rabbit hole. This is all being recorded, and so this was just for entertainment. I didn't have a conversation with a gay couple. Um, what else did I incriminate myself about? I think that was about it. Okay. Yeah, you'll survive just like Will. Yeah, Will. <laughs> cover your ass. I mean, take care of yourself. Um, <laughs> Whatever that entails. And each other. <laughs> All right. You've been on the bench with Bubba and Pink. We'll be back next Wednesday. Peace and love. Yes. <laughs>